everybody, this is Joe. And this is Brandon, and welcome to the Skill Up Podcast. This is our first episode, and today we're going to be talking about um, whether or not people are more or less uh, intelligent than they were in years gone by. And I guess we're going to consider some of the contributing factors that weigh into this discussion. And we're going to put in a lot of our own personal opinions that we have formulated on personal observations and also some research that we've done. Which is scientific. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly, at the end of hopefully each episode, we're going to finish off by reviewing a craft beer. Yeah, so stay tuned. Enjoy. You're listening listening to to The the Skillet. Skillet. Uh, what lengths do you go to to avoid other people? Whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, there are certain people that we just don't want to deal with, even just we might have an off day. What lengths do you go to to avoid them? Personally, I there are certain, like if I'm taking a road trip, I go to great lengths to drive around Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll explain that because there's something disturbing about an entire civilization of people that only wear their pajamas. Like, they no. We can can include Ingersoll with (laughs) Woodstock. Yeah, those are towns that I drive around because I'm afraid if my car breaks down, like the ding, 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 I might not make it out. So (laughs) I would rather break down outside of Woodstock or Ingersoll than I ever have to travel through it. So I go to those kinds of lengths to avoid people i think i go to greater lengths i park as far away from a store as i possibly can where there's no there's no one there but it never works does it uh sometimes you you know i i will go into a public washroom there'll be a wall of urinals and i will go to the furthest urinal to take a leak and there'll be a whole wall and some dude has to come and urinate right next to me (laughs) this dry i I've at times thought about flicking urine at people because I <laughs> I am so upset about that. I hate it. But so I go to lengths that way. If you ever see me in a public washroom yeah. at the furthest urinal, don't come near me That's because I might normal. just break I might break me that day and I might get <laughs> peed on. I do as much shopping as I possibly can online to avoid going out, especially around the holiday season. I live in an apartment, so Anything I get shipped, I ship it to my parents' house, who just live a few minutes away, so sometimes I'll just be basic groceries, and my mother teases me all the time that, that why am I getting groceries online? <laughs> well, I can't deal with those people anymore. This, this past season, Christmas season, I had to go out, and people were just nuts. They were crazy. One woman was driving the wrong way in the parking lot, on the wrong side of the road and she the look on her face was utter confusion she didn't know what was going on yeah i can i can attest to people driving like that because in our neck of the woods everything closes at six o'clock and we recently in our small town had a roundabout installed and you it's pretty simple to use because there are concrete medians that yeah. direct you into it right so like if you're if you're heading north into the roundabout okay the medians actually gradually urge you eastward, right? So that when you merge in, you're going to the right and you're going to go around, right? 
But as far as I'm concerned, they're very simple to use. They're very simple to use. But in my short time since we've had this roundabout, I have seen people pull in, they veer to the right, okay, and then they put their left signal light on and then turn <laughs> left in the roundabout and drive in the opposite no, direction. No. And these aren't two lane roundabouts. This is a small town, so it's one lane. Yeah. And it's on highways. So like they'll go left. And I've also seen this one old lady, she pulled right into the roundabout, realized that she was in a roundabout didn't want to be there and started reversing but traffic is funneled into the roundabout right the medians begin way back and there was nowhere for me to go there was traffic behind me so she pulled her vehicle onto the median and drove half on the road and half on the median trying to pass me going in reverse wow and i thought she was gonna swipe the car so we just everything stopped like like west and eastbound traffic on the highway stopped and everybody just let her get her crap together and then she finally <laughs> got through the roundabout it took about 15 minutes for that whole or- ordeal to play out it someone should have just tapped on her window and told them <laughs> they'd do it for her wow yeah so uh, i think there's a real lack of common sense among people i know people are very self-absorbed and, and stressful at that time of year especially in christmas but why no common sense? Why not just stop and look at the situation and and say, okay, this is the situation. This is what I'm doing. How am I going to get through it? I don't see anyone using problem-solving skills in no. day-to-day life anymore. No, it doesn't exist. So no. are are we getting dumber? Is that... Yeah. What, are there contributing <laughs> factors to it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. There were several articles published... Or, uh, it was a study done from 1962 to 1991. This was a study in Norway, on Nor- Norwegian men. And it noticed that IQ levels began to decline around 1975. That's when the acid kicked in, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so that, it wasn't just a gradual decline, but it, just, it was just started a sharp decline. So it was an average of seven IQ points per generation, they figured. Now, other countries that have recent studies in IQ tests have shown some are higher, some are lower, some have steep increases, some have steep declines. So there's an effect called the Flynn effect. It was named after James R. Flynn, who documented the rise in IQ tests scores over the 20th century. And the reason that this happened it's figured that because we have more knowledge now about the world around us, about science, and also education is more readily available to the majority of people. And in our opinions, during the beginning of the 20th century, it's quality education. Mm-hmm. So the study done in Norway, the so-called experts, they have ruled out any genetic causes. It's not just because dumb people are breeding with dumb people. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there are smart people (laughs) breeding with other intelligent ones. And smart people breeding with dumb people. So it's all across the board. But they've determined that that's not the effect of it. So they say that different effects are the environment, the education system, and our upbringing. Yeah, now I think it's important to explain what kind of an education, and and later on in this conversation, we'll get into deeper about education, but like, for example, I can speak on myself. I went to public school, 
And then after graduating public school, I went to college. And there are some considerable cons associated with the public school system that I didn't notice while I was in it, but in retrospect, reflecting on the public school system and how it kind of lets you down. And just two brief examples of that. I remember in in high school, or sorry, in public school, grade eight, uh, we were studying history. Our history teacher said, we're going to go over, um, I think we were talking about the social implications of remaining like a British loyalist at a time when there was tensions with the U.S. and all this and he said we're going to turn to this page in the textbook and consider it and i put my hand up and said the last three history classes have been entirely dedicated to the same pages we've already talked about this and he leaned over my desk and said look i understand you get it i know you know it um, but a large portion of the upcoming test is based on this subject and if the rest of the class fails it's a poor reflection on me as a teacher so he gave me a hall pass dismissed me and told me to stay out of trouble come back Thursday when we write the test. And so that's, that's some cons with public school system. And they did that, they do that uh, to their benefit all the time, teachers, uh, EQAO, for example, in what Ontario. Is EQAO? So is it's the like, standardized it's the standardized testing yeah. in Ontario. So, and again, you have to correct me if I don't know if I'm, I might be wrong here, but I believe it's grade three, grade six and grade nine that you is. take it. And in grade six, I was struggling with math. So the teacher said to my parents, we want it, we feel it would be best to not subject him to going through the EQAO testing, even though those tests are anonymous. You don't write your name down on it. So it's not like you're subjecting the kids to something that's unfair because they're not going to be graded on it. I could have, like, I could have drew a donkey on the dots, like, like with the questions that, like, I could have done whatever I wanted to and handed it in. It's not going to come back to me. It reflects mm-hmm. on the teacher. So they took out the kids that were struggling in various um, subjects and so that they would not be counted and so they wouldn't negatively impact the way it looks the teachers are, uh, and how the teachers are doing. So I got taken out because of math. There were some kids that were struggling with reading that weren't quite to a grade six level. They got yanked. They weren't going to be doing it. So it's not, there are some cons with our public school system. It's not really as great as it's, you know, as you'd think it is. Or if you sit back and you objectively think about you know what's going on in public school it's not it's not the greatest form of education that's available to us that brings us to the next point there's two types of intelligence there intelligence is categorized into two different types and some iq tests use one and the other or a combination of both so what i think our current public school system especially in the west here in canada where we are it uses crystallized intelligence so the definition of crystallized intelligence is things that you have been taught or learned over time and then you use it to solve a problem. So you might be given a certain situation and told this is how you deal with that situation. Then you memorize it. Or two times two, two plus two, that's crystallized information. You're given the problem and the solution right away. Then there's fluid intelligence, which I don't see being taught and I don't see being used by the majority of people. The definition is the use of logic and observational skills to problem solve with no previous knowledge or experience of that subject. No, yeah, so using logic is, that uh, makes me think of, so have have you heard the Newfie joke about logic? No. Okay, so. I mean, I may have, but I I think think so. You probably have, so, but I'll I'll try to give you the Coles notes on it. So there's two guys that are from Newfoundland and they decide that they're going to get a better 
they want to get a better start in another province. So they drive into Ontario, and when they get to Ontario, they the first step in making themselves better is they're going to go back to school and get like a proper education. Okay. So they go in and they they go into this this university or this college or whatever, and they take a standardized test to see what they need to do to where they need to start. So they take the first guy in, he writes his test, and then they, they let him know, you know, this is what I think you need to take. I think you need to take uh, reading because your reading skills are kind of poor. Uh, math because, you know, we don't count fishies here in, in Ontario. <laughs> and uh, I think you need to take logic. And the newfie says, you know, what's logic? And he goes, well, I'll give you an example. He goes, um, do you own a weed eater? And he goes, yes. He goes, well, if you own a weed eater, logic tells me that uh, you probably have a garage that you put that in, don't you? And he goes, yeah, I have a garage. Logic tells me if you have a weed eater and you have a garage, you probably have a house. He goes, yeah, I do have a house. Yeah. He goes, logic tells me if you have a weed eater, you have a garage and you have a house, then you probably uh, work hard for a living. You probably have a wife. You probably, uh, you're you're a heterosexual you have a wife and maybe even maybe even kids he's like well i have a wife yeah that's that's awesome you can tell all that just by asking me whether or not i have a weed eater he's like yeah that's how logic works so then he goes out into the lobby this newfie and he tells his buddy like this is exciting i can't wait to take schooling here because they're going to teach us something called logic and he's like what the heck is logic and he's like well i'll give you an example he's like do you own a weed eater and he goes no what, you're gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's uh there's um there's Newfoundland and logic and a couple of things all rolled up for you to you know digest. Which is not fact based. <laughs> well, not you know not well, every... maybe observationally. Based. Observationally, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair statement. It's crystallized. <laughs> yeah, that was crystallized logic. <laughs> So, even though now we're in well into the twenty first century, we've know we know more about the world and science than ever before. We have more knowledge, but what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, or knowledge and using logic? Mm-hmm. So, can you is there an example? Like I like the example that we were talking about this earlier about the bus. So, when you think about knowledge, knowledge is knowing that there's a bus coming. But that that's not enough. You need to be coupled with wisdom there. And wisdom is what tells you that you need to step out of the way. You got to get out of the way of the bus. So they're two separate and like these are two separate and very different things here. They're not they're not to be interchanged as being one and the same because they're very different. Yeah. I was also thinking if you took any modern day say engineer or contractor and asked them to build the pyramids without modern equipment or build an aqueduct over dozens of kilometers of rough terrain, are they going to know how to do it? Probably. I know that that's, that's, you have to know the right parameters, but you can't say that you're necessarily smarter than someone 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. You may have more knowledge in a certain area, but you're still not able to just right away know how to do those things. So you're saying if Trump wants to get his wall across rough terrain, he's got to hire some ancient Egyptians? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Mexicans. <laughs> Whatever happened to him getting Mexico to pay for the wall? I have no idea. I would love to find out what happened there. I think he just figured, well, you know what? We'll 
screw Canada on the NAFTA deal and with all the extra money we're going to be making in the dairy sector, we'll build our wall, make our money back by infiltrating. So we're going to get crappy hormone-filled milk from the U.S. that's going to be way cheaper than Canadian dairy. Yeah. We're all going to become slowly... Fat. Fat and not smart, which goes into this and... It's all going to be because of that. And they'll, they'll make their millions back and they'll pay for their wall three times over by infiltrating our dairy system. You watch. And they've already made a ton of money with the tariffs on steel and aluminum. He didn't say which Mexicans. He's, he's making the snow Mexicans pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones paying with it with dairy money. <laughs> so he, I was thinking of an example in, in he, intelligence. He, he should go after Quebexico, though. Quebexico? Quebexico, yeah. The Quebexicans. <laughs> we can come back to that later. I think that's a whole nother that's uh, whole program. Nother, I guess, yeah, I do. I want to rant about that later. That's a whole different level of unintelligence right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw a lot of stuff on Kijiji, and some of the replies to the, the ads that I post are just idiotic. Like, they give just, me an example. Like, what what do you get? Like, what they'll say, uh, like, um, I'll take it, and that's it. Okay, well, are you going to... Do you want to come pick it up? Do you want me to drop it off to you? What, like, what is... I'll take it. Okay, so you that's want it. Me, that's the extent yeah, of it. It's it. just, I'll you, take you it. You want me to fulfill your responsibility of the consumer buying my product. That I have to <laughs> ask you, when when's a good time for you? Why don't you just tell me? I'm available Saturday afternoons. Are you able to drop it off by any chance? Are you in this part of the city on Saturday afternoons? Like, it, do they not realize that that's their responsibility? I, like, how far do they want someone else to go looking after them? Yeah, that, I don't understand that. And and a lot of, sometimes a lot of these people that I do end up having a conversation with, figuring these things out, it's like pulling teeth to, some of them are in well-off neighborhoods. Like, hmm. they obviously have a good, well-paying job that they're good at. So they're literate. Yeah, relatively they're literate, they're not educated Hicks. individuals. Yeah. Huh. So I I noticed this in my line of work too. As a contractor doing exterior renovations, people will just ask me what colors are best? What what do you want to do? Well I'll say, it's it's your house, it's up to you. I mean See, should should you not think about these things yourself? What colors do I like? what's popular maybe i don't want to go with something popular but they might just leave it up to me just say you're the expert you deal with it see i think that that's scary because like when we were talking about this you think of the home as your retreat from the outside world yeah so you hang up pictures of your family in it like that's your home and i think it's kind of crazy that it, it says something about the state of families if you really don't care what happens on the inside of your home you just want to leave it up to the expert i don't i don't understand that i don't fathom that i don't either that's really crazy you have to see this every day i don't i mean maybe you like my opinion on it but what do you have an opinion on the colors i choose and the style i choose i don't know yeah i've never had anybody complain (laughs) but i think this i don't know if this is jumping ahead but i think this fits into people not wanting to be accountable because let's say you pick the color and it looks like crap. Yeah. Then 
the first couple they invite over to their home and they say, hey, how do you like my, you know, brown walls? And they, somebody says, no, it looks like crap. Then it's quite evident that, you know, they can, at that point, they can say, well, I didn't pick it out, actually. I was, was, you know, this guy I paid, this other guy paid, I paid to do it. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of scary, actually, that people don't, just don't have an opinion or just don't care. Yeah, there's no opinion. They don't care. Huh. Weird. So, why are these things, what has perpetuated the way we view society like this? That study that we mentioned earlier in Norway, it said the decline started in 1975. So, what are some factors that perhaps happened around that time that would contribute just to people getting less and less logical, or we can say dumb? Hmm. In my opinion... One of the factors would be baby boomers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because so, after, after the war, things were, were good, especially in America and North America. There was leaps in technology. People were living longer. They didn't have to work as hard to provide for themselves, food, clothing, shelter. And before the war, many people were self-sufficient. They were still farming, they were making their own clothes, mending their own clothes. If something broke, you didn't throw it away, you fixed it, it was able to be fixed. So it, it's this, so you like, I'm just trying to follow here. So you're, you're, you're asserting that it's kind of like this, as soon as you, you're not sufficient in things that pertain to daily living, but specialized or you're in, uh, squeezed into a mold of some kind to do one thing, that's where. I think so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like be and and I think our education system is set up in such a way to do that, like to squeeze us into a mold. Like, I went to school uh, and specialized in advanced composites and became a composite technician and worked in that industry for years. I worked in aviation. I built boats. I built windmills, uh, like the the, the windmill blades, uh, st- various structures. And then I got sick and tired of it, and I applied for a job that I was completely unqualified for to be a warehouse manager no experience and the guy looked over my interview or looked over my resume in the interview and he said i guess the only question since you have no management experience is are you are you up for a challenge and i said yes i am and he shook my hand and i started two weeks later and that's a result of being able to step outside of the mold and i think there's a lot of people today that you know they went to school to do something very specialized like to be a veterinarian transcriptionist assistant and there's just not enough people looking for veterinarian transcription assistance. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but it probably should be. It probably is. Probably is. And and so they, they think that's the only thing I know how to do. That's yeah. all I can be. I can only be a veterinarian transcription assistant. And if I, if I can't do that, then I can't do anything. I didn't go to school for to pick colors of my uh, siding and windows, so I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think that's we're seeing that yeah. play out. There was, I did a job once for very very uh, well-to-do area and the homeowner she was a brain surgeon but her father was basically looking after thing he was the general contractor basically getting everybody to do the work and looking after it but she was still living in the house as the work was being done she was living in the basement for a couple months that was happening so she was probably mid-30s like she's well into adulthood good job so she's a millennial yeah i guess that's gonna be kind of <laughs> millennial and one morning she comes up 
and her her father was there every day working. So she comes up and starts complaining to him in an attitude and demeanor that you would see perhaps a, a 15, 16 year old okay. use yeah. in speaking to their father complaining about something. And she's complaining that there was a spider in the basement. And she wanted her father to go do something about the spider in the basement <laughs> after she left for work. She's a brain surgeon. This is a, you know, a 30-something-year-old brain surgeon. So a relatively you, you get rid of a accomplished spider. individual. Yeah. Like, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. But can't... But not, that's but, all she knows how to do. But it, that, like, that's scary on two levels, because not only is she... It feels so entitled that somebody else has to do that. Yeah. Like I don't know if that is a statement about like that's below me. I'm a brain surgeon. It could be. Or if it's that she just doesn't have the capabilities to actually man up for two seconds and you know get the spider out of the house or kill it. I don't know. I think a lot to, to do is probably with parenting too. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's a whole. But that also brings us back to the baby boomer thing, right? Like they were raised where they don't have to worry about providing for themselves when it comes other than working. That's all you mm-hmm. have to do. You have to go to your job and do good at your job and work hard, which is important. And then they raise their children that that's all you have to do. And they coddle them yeah. and overcompensate for the lack of affection they got from their parents because they were all PTSD, uh, War vets. War vets. Yeah. We're <laughs> emotionally distant. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to talk to anybody or show love. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is the case because that's the first time when you see parents trying to become friends with their kids. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're not fulfilling a role as a parent or as a guardian, but they're trying to become pals. Yeah. And, you know, that I think is where the crutch of the issue is with regards to the millennials problem that exists today like if i don't want to go off on a tangent and completely side rail this but if you look at i i yeah (laughs) but i mean it fits it like this idea that i'm thinking of like when you think about the first great information age it's back in the reformation like you have an entire european continent that is completely enveloped in darkness and they can't you know the roman society before them had plumbing aqueducts water they had everything everything was great they had heated flooring and then all of a sudden you have centuries of absolute darkness where everybody's yeah and then overnight the light comes on and everybody becomes a brilliant thinker and a scholar and it all has to do with the fact that you know it was an information age like Mm -hmm. they had the movable type they had a printing press what you said here and now could be typed up in moments instead of hours or months or years and being copied out by hand and it could be in the next corner of the world in days like it, it information traveled quickly which made people smart but they were still having a good family life and a good upbringing today information spreads so quick i don't think it's that technology is the issue i think it has a lot to do with upbringing it's family life is starting to fracture and so then you have these entitled individuals that you know are 30 years old (laughs) qualified to work on your brain but not remove a spider from a corner in their basement like that's scary that so is that we're talking about not knowing how to react to new circumstances that they're not taught. Is that something that, are they just entitled or have they not been taught how to do it so they don't know how to deal with that situation? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I... I think it's just whatever our opinion is. Yeah, I... Uh, is it that they haven't been... I think it's been... A lot of it has to do with being coddled. And 
they've had everything handed to them. They haven't had to work. They've only had to work hard at one thing in life, mm-hmm. and they've accomplished it, so they feel like they're a success in life. But I don't think that necessarily your job always dictates whether or not you are truly a success. If you can't be self-sufficient to a reasonable degree or be a reasonable... If you can't contribute in a reasonable manner to society by being self-sufficient, you know, looking after what belongs to you, you know, to a, to a relative degree, I don't think you're really successful. But I think because if somebody goes to school, they graduate, they become a brain surgeon, they're like, that's it, I'm success, and I don't have to think anymore. I, I don't know if that... I, I, I think that is, because they just learn what they want to learn, and that's it. And when they've accomplished it, they don't need to... They, they just need put to a cap on anything it. else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. Are these the same people that listen to fake news and that, that believe everything that they see on Facebook and Instagram? Like it Oh, there you go. That's another example of something being specialized because yeah. when you're getting your news from Facebook and Instagram, it's all clickbait and it's clickbait that's created by algorithms and Russians <laughs> and this is all based on stuff that you follow like you're not going to get you're not going to get an ad that's completely entirely out of place generally speaking in today's day and age anymore no, it's going to be tailored to something that you're like it, and it's the same with the news you're, you're, you're going to want to click on it to read more or, or I want to buy that so we're being bombarded with what they know is going to work for us as individuals. And that plays into that whole idea of something being specialized too, right? Not just our education, not just our careers, but also when they, they don't target necessarily wide demographics anymore. They're looking at individuals through their use online. What is right. that guy buying? Okay. You looked at what survival acts. You're going to get 25 ads of survival acts yeah. on Instagram or exactly what, what, what did he research recently in the news? So these are the only news That's... articles we're going to feed him. Even if they're real or not. Exactly. And, and for example, look at what's going on with those kids. Have you been following those kids that were those Catholic kids from Kentucky or whatever, and they were wearing the mega hats? I don't know the story of it because it, it's just, it frustrates me. But see, so, this, so this what, is, what happened? Okay, so these kids, like a four-minute clip comes out, and it shows this Native American banging on a drum, yeah. and there's these kids standing three feet from him, like just with a smug look on their face, smiling, and standing the ground, staring him in the eyes as he's banging on his drum. And it went viral, and people were saying that this is the face of misogyny and white power and white privilege, and, and that these guys were racist because they were wearing the MAGA hats that say, Make America Great Again. But then, then they have this Native American who's interviewed. They don't bother to interview the kids. They demonize them immediately. And then you have this Native American who said that when I got back from Vietnam, you know, people were calling me a baby killer, yeah. and he was tr- like drumming up what he has contributed to society and saying that the kids were saying, you know, build the wall, build the wall, and that they were intimidating. And um, turns out after like a week after they totally demonized these kids online, some of them even called for violence against them. Like individuals like Reza Aslan said something like, have you seen a more punchable face before? So like, what does somebody like Reza Aslan think when you say something like that? That's a call to violence. And then Kathy Griffin was even worse. She actually said she wanted names so that we could begin the shaming process online. Of these teenagers. These kids. But in that video... It's just a four-minute clip. They, they didn't say or do anything they to this They didn't say or do anything, no. And then what happens is a week later, the whole video comes out. It's over an hour and a half long. 
And it turns out that the kids didn't do anything. This guy got in their face. Oh, really? And then, the, like, by this point, all the major news lines had already run articles on it, opinion pieces, selling yeah. it as fact. And then they find out that, you know what, he wasn't even, he didn't even fight Nam. The guy was a liar. <laughs> and that the guy had actually tried disrupting a religious service recently. Like, I don't know if it was the same day or a, a day before he had to get removed because he was interrupting mass, somebody's mass, and which is a, I don't know about in the U.S., but in Canada to, you know, interrupt somebody's religious service. That's a criminal offense. So it's it's just absolutely crazy that nobody, no journalism did not step in and go, hey, wait, this is a Isn't four-minute clip. Isn't that what journalism clip. is? Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. But not anymore. Now it's clickbait. Hmm. It's about what is going to get six million people to click on this right now and make it viral. So is that guy even Native American? <laughs> who knows he could he could be mexican we, i don't even know if they even went into it far enough to know that but so but probably mentally ill that's probably oh, yeah. they said he went when they looked at his he was uh he served during the vietnam era as a marine but he went awol four times or something oh, okay. and not only did he like but he never fought never saw action and the, when they when the video was played it showed these kids never once did they actually chant build the wall they were there for um a pro-life rally for their school and the kids at some point asked if they could sing a, a school cheer because there was these black Hebrew Israelites chanting racist slurs at the kids trying to provoke them and this Native American was also present and he kind of got in their face along with it like so the video showed something totally different but by this point everybody's already formed their opinion so there's nothing you can not trust based on fact though. no there's no facts no facts like what are facts that's not even people don't care it's it, like fake news like it's insane to think that that's actually a thing now but that's that's pretty much what a lot of news is these days yeah. they because they didn't go to school and learn the facts about this news so it doesn't matter to them they just take their word for it. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i had i had this post come up on instagram not too long ago it was a it was some sort of right-wing political group and it said that the hybrid vehicle the chevy bolt was being discontinued because it was an utter failure and it's all Obama's fault. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I knew that Chevy was discontinuing the Chevy Volt, mm -hmm. their hybrid vehicle. But I don't understand how it's a failure or what Obama has to do with any of this or what politics have to do with it. But I looked at all the comments and it was all anti-Obama this, anti-green energy that. So I decided, okay, let's look this up. What... Why is Chevy discontinuing, or I guess General Motors is the yeah. parent company, why yeah. are they discontinuing this? Right. And did the government, play did the Democrats, did Obama play any type of role in this? Right. So what I found was that, okay, so the, during 08 in the recession, the government bailed General Motors out, along with Chrysler. Uh, I believe one of the stipulations was that they would develop green energy vehicles. Obama liked the Volt. He purchased one and said that this was the future of of transportation, basically. The future of cars. Right. So, now, why was it cancelled? Well, was, was Obama on on the board of directors at GM and saying, oh, we got to cancel this car? Well, no. I found out it's because a couple of things. One... GM did not sell many Chevy Volts, although it wasn't a failure. They still made money on it. But they also discovered that 
people are buying electric vehicles and mid-size SUVs. So nobody really wants a sedan anymore. Right. So GM is not only discontinuing their hybrid vehicle, they're also discontinuing most of their other sedans, gas-powered. Yeah. And most North American companies are following suit. It's not yeah. just GM. No, Ford's doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ford's making any electric vehicles, but if the Volt was such a disappointment, then why is General Motors now introducing a new all-electric vehicle? Yeah. A new Chevy all-electric sedan. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another prime example of somebody, you know, that that there's another example of no research going into it. No, there's it no just, research. And how long, my curiosity is how long did it take you to get to the bottom of that? Less like, than five minutes. <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's like, that's, I think that there are so many people that, that would be like, what, five minutes? You had to invest five minutes yeah. to do that? Like, you couldn't just click on an alternate link that just told you that in two minutes? Like, I think that's or, a part of the ten seconds or less? Yeah, exactly. Now, Another thing I found out is that the government at that time and is no longer offering a tax rebate on electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles. And somehow people were commenting about that on that Instagram post too, but that really has no bearing on anything. Almost every Western nation does that for green vehicles to promote green energy, to promote this new technology mm -hmm. because it's so expensive right now. But the fact is, people were still buying the electric vehicle over the sh hybrid, which is more expensive anyway. Right. So it, it just doesn't make any sense for someone to believe this two-word two post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Volt failure, Obama's fault. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, and then people believe it. Yeah, but that's that plays into, and again, like I think it has to do with an education system that is streamlined toward standardizing people into a specialized field only and they yeah. feel they've become accomplished and they don't have to expand anymore and like we're is interesting i was doing some research on what life was like just before the crap hit the fan in france and i found it interesting that up until the time just prior to the french revolution everybody had every male in france had access to education and the way the education systems were largely set up was that it was under the church's supervision and the church had land holdings and the church is obviously exempt so that there'd be a little community there'd be a church a farm around it and a little schoolhouse and the church would have the the fields worked and the whatever income or revenue they made was completely taxed free and they right. could use that to support the school for the little community that's there and every male in france had access to these schools so they taught everything that was required to be a basic, reasonable human being, and and you know f things were going quite fine. But then what ends up happening is you have King Louis, whatever at the time, he decides that he has this new vision of France where everybody's a bureaucrat and fits into they're they're a cog that fits into the machine. Right. And he he had this idea of a glorious new France that you know where it it was a completely different infrastructure. They didn't, they didn't, you know, like farming and all this peasantry, like he wanted to get rid of all this. And so what he did was to make his dreams come true. He yanked all the funding out of, like he yanked all the land holdings from the churches. So they no longer had revenue. And then what little subsidies they received from the King at that time was also taken away from them. So the churches said, well, how are we supposed to continue to educate people at, under these circumstances with no income? 
And so they said, well, the state will pick up the slack and fund the school. But the individual states in France couldn't do that because he was already bankrupting the nation. Yeah. They didn't have money to do anything that they needed to do anyways. So things were getting bad. And finally, he was able to pull it off. They set up these schools and he starts turning out bureaucrats. Everybody's a bureaucrat. They, they fit into you know, like society as a specialized individual that can only do one absolute thing. And then it's not long after that this happens, you get this generation of people that are educated in this way that they have a total breakdown and they overthrow the country. Like they, the whole French Revolution unfolds. But what's interesting is what when Napoleon Bonaparte turns his attention, when he comes back and brings order to some degree back to the nation, the first thing he does is he looks at the education system and he begins to teach logic. It's one of the <laughs> first things that has to be taught. So he felt that that was lacking in an entire generation of people. And I think today we have an entire generation of people where logic is completely lacking. There's specialized two bureaucrats. Or three generations where it, logic is lacking. Yeah. And I, I think maybe what it is, and for a long time it stayed in, in their education system. Like logic was like arithmetic. It was just yeah. one of those things that were taught. And I think the idea is that maybe the state or like the nation thinks, well, we taught your grandparents, your great grandparents and your parents. So we don't need to continue to teach it. They're now in charge to pass it on to you. But that's not working. Like not when you've got parents that want to be your buddies. They don't <laughs> want to be your, your guardian. They want to be your pal. Yeah. So they're not going to teach you how to be logical, how to think, how to realize that, you know, life sucks you know, you have to just be adaptable to things like, you know what, if you go to school and you become a composite technician and you realize you don't like it, then, you know, you have to step out of your comfort zone and do something else. You can't just, you know, move back into mom and dad's basement and pout and bellyache there for the rest of your life. As an, Which you know, is what a lot of millennials do. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's why if somebody asks me if I'm a millennial, I just say, no, I belong to generation Y. Because that's what it was before the millennial Shanghai did. Yeah. And it just sounds way better than lumping myself. I think millennial now is like a is an is a term that you use if you want to be included in in with whatever it is that they have. And I don't want to be involved. Or so called cool. Yeah. Or used as derogatory. Yeah, I take an offense to it. (laughs) (laughs) Those millennials. Yeah. Those baby boomers. So I think we need to start teaching logic in the schools. Yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. But is there anyone out there that's qualified to teach logic? Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. I, I don't know. Like, you and I? Yeah, I would do it. I would write the curriculum for that. Yeah. I would begin with every kid would have to hear the Newfie joke. Yeah. And that would be their introduction to logic. Because it, it, even though it's far-fetched, it kind of outlines what you know using what little information you have to make reasonable conclusions that get you to the next step so that you can form a relatively informed opinion with very little information that's what being logical is like being able to take what little bits of knowledge you have and wisdom and make the right application and it just doesn't exist anymore it's been removed from our public school system and that's that's the biggest problem so it just is beyond me why don't people want to know the facts? They seem very quick to want to form their own opinions on things and take sides in an issue, but they don't want to do the research or hear the opinions of someone else as to why they might not agree with them. Mm-hmm. 
and to form a comprehensive view of a matter. Or learn to drive a roundabout. Yeah. Oh, uh, I heard on the radio they put a roundabout in. Why don't I look up how to drive a roundabout? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it has to do with accountability. I think if you complete ignorance, then you, you feel like you don't have to be accountable for your actions or for what it is that you've done in whatever reaction you gave to this awkward new situation, you can then just wash your hands of accountability because you go, Oh, I'm ignorant. I don't know. And I think people prefer it that way. I think it's, it's less uncomfortable to put your hands up and say, well, I just don't know and walk away than, than it is to be like, well, I do know better, but I made a stupid decision because then there's a bigger question of like, well, why are you being stupid then? But then you learn from that mistake. You say, okay, I made a mistake. But that's uh, logic. Learn right? how, Th- yeah. That's logic. You <laughs> see, you can logically say that because you go, you know, I learned it's a stepping stone. That's a logical approach to it. But we already just realized we've totally <laughs> ripped logic out of an entire two generations yeah. of people that it doesn't exist anymore. So they can't see that that's a building step. That's that's your stepping stones for success. Is failing, figuring out that you failed, and moving on to the next step. They can't they can't logically conclude that you can be a success from failing. That's why you can be a brain surgeon, but you can't kill spiders. Yeah. Or why you can be, you know, a brain surgeon, but you can't pick out your own paint colors. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't make those connections. That's just my opinion. I, I, these IQ tests that we've talked about, I don't think it's an accurate measurement of whether someone's smart or dumb necessarily. It's that there's when you do the research, there's a lot of people that feel the same that some people say no it, it's complete bogus doesn't matter others say it's this is great I haven't done enough research to form my own opinion on it <laughs> but I don't think it it's the be all tell all of intelligence and as we talked about wisdom and intelligence or not wisdom and knowledge are two different things so I think at the beginning we asked the question are people getting dumber are they getting stupider I don't think genetically they are. I think we have lots of knowledge. But uh, it comes down to logic. I think that's the crux of it. Mm-hmm. People don't want the logic. Yep. I think that's what it is. I don't think people are necessarily uh, dumb. I don't think that they they like... I don't think people lack the faculties required to make smart decisions. They've just been robbed of the ability to put those faculties to use they've been taught to do it exactly and i think that they're happy being that way blissfully ignorant so then i guess the real question is how do you change that you go back to the public school system you you just like re-administer spankings like even to (laughs) adults right across the board yeah there's a lot of adults that could use a good spanking yeah like i mean and that's that's a whole other subject but i mean that's like I have a little one now and so these are things that I think about like okay well am I going to stick my little one in public school or am I going to homeschool them because I see all of the flaws when I was in high school I took a, a short one of the classes I took was um, careers class and you had to um, you had to do a co-op placement and I thought I was going to be a history teacher so I went and did that and I went to the public school system and I was shocked at the short period of time when I was when I was bad in public school I had to do things 
to make up for the bad behavior. Yeah. I remember when I was bad, I had to take chalk brushes outside and, and pound all the chalk out. That's why That's 90% reasonable. of all of the kids our generation have asthma is because we were banging <laughs> out chalk brushes, okay? But that's fine. You know what? You have asthma. I don't have, I, luckily, I don't have asthma. Maybe that's an indication of how good I was. I don't know. But but I'm just saying, like, th- that was a reasonable thing that you had to do for being a little bugger in school, right? You're going to be a bugger. You're going to be – you want you want attention? Okay, here's the chalk brushes. But then I, when I went back in this co-op and, and uh, this co-op placement in the public school, these little buggers, they were only emulating what they had learned at home. Mm-hmm. And the teachers had been stripped of all authority. Teachers couldn't do anything about it. So that's because parents are not authoritative. Exactly. So it, the the whole the whole education system like teachers need to have authority, but then again, who there's a big question of like are we giving the right people authority? Like there's some teachers out there that probably shouldn't be teachers. Yeah. And there's parents out there that should not be parents. And, exactly. So I it's almost like like are we at that point where a reset is going to have to happen? Like are we like the French Revolution where we're like on the cusp of society collapsing because, you know, we've screwed up education. We've totally messed up an entire generation of people. We, I, I don't feel confident that the kids today could be adequate leaders tomorrow. I think we see that already. Yeah. There's kids, well, even, there's kids in politics now. And that's like, they're what are you doing? They're yeah. laughing stocks. Yeah. Some of them are leading <laughs> <laughs> free nations. <laughs> uh, that's another subject for a long time though but that's yeah I don't know I don't know what the solution is as to whether or not you start back at the beginning or if a total societal collapse has to happen it's interesting I think it could happen good I read somewhere that um, societies reach their peak at about 200 years that's when they get to be the best and then, Not the best, and, and then it just downhill. goes downhill. I think the U.S. is somewhere around there, since they declared independence back in the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. Probably, well, they reached their peak, World War Two. Yeah. It rose up a little bit, and then uh, they're probably in decline now. Oh yeah. But just they're, they're the working cohesive. hard. They're working hard to make America great again. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, in my short lifespan, I've never seen so much racism in the world as I do now. That, well, that's true. That's true. But, I don't know. So, well, what, what do you guys think? Do you think the world's getting dumber? Do you think people are less logical? Well, we hope you enjoyed our opinions on the matter, and we realize you have opinions too, but as far as we're concerned, you're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you want to tell us about your opinions and we disagree about it, we'll do an entire episode on whether we're wrong, just in case How you How wrong you are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I think uh, with this last ten minutes that we have here, we should um, we're gonna review uh, we're going to review a beer. So one of the things that uh, will be you'll notice on uh, about us is how much we like craft beer. So <clears throat> that's uh, one aspect of millennials we like to share, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So this beer is from Lake of Bay's Brewery, which is my. Personal favorite craft beer. Same, I have to agree. And it's called Paddle On Session Ale. Uh, I thought it was called Algonquin. Oh, in partnership with Algonquin Outfitters. So which for anybody, is the most popular park yeah. in Canada. Yeah, and the Outfitters is probably one of the most. Well, Algonquin Outfitters is pretty awesome. If you ever get to go up to the, to the park and you get to rent yourself a little canoe, and it's nice because. 
the outfitters is big so you can like rent a canoe in one lake and canoe over to another one and there'll be another detachment of the outfitters you can just ditch the canoe there it's it's pretty cool so it's what is this this is a session ale um 4.5 percent small does it have ale. any notes on it so it tells us here it says an easy drinking light-bodied session ale that is smooth as the stroke of a paddle clean and crisp with a hint of lemons citrus hop on the nose and it's ultimate refresher it's, it, it's the ultimate refresher at the end of your voyage so I don't see anything about IB oh 40 IBUs so not very bitter and partially filtered all natural so this is from Baysville It's got a citrusy scent to it. Taste is very citrusy. Yeah, very. It's very light. It almost has. Um, this is interesting. The in the ingredients. It was brewed. Well, I don't know if it was actually brewed or not, but it says pure lemon zest. So, uh, what part of? The process they put that in, I don't know, but I've never seen that in a beer before, where they actually put the zest in. Mm. It's really, it's detectable. You, like you can, you notice it right away when, mm -hmm. you, when you crack the can open. You can smell it. It's, it's kind of like a shandy. A little bit. Like it's something you drink on a deck, or you know, it's something I would drink at the beach. I don't feel like you're gonna get dehydrated drinking this in the sun I don't know if I'd want to drink it after paddling a canoe yeah I was just going to say that I, I don't think it's something that it says end of your voyage so whatever your voyage is but if I were paddling all day I don't think this is something I'd have no I'd prefer maybe a pilsner yeah white pilsner yep I would agree with that <clears throat> or a bock a really nice bock a nice bock yeah Which, far and few between now yeah I, I, that is something that I have not seen a good bock in a long time I haven't come across a good bock in a long time which is really disappointing. The best Bach I've ever had was Sleeman's Bach. And they had that for one season. And they discontinued it. And I think Railway City had a good one for a while. I think it was called Shambach. And it came out like around St. Patrick's a couple of years ago. They called it Sham Shambach. It was good. you remember how we came across this brewery? It's a camping trip to Algonquin. Yeah. So we had, this is a, I, I, I love this, how we came, this is back when you would still consider, you, it still wasn't weird to consult a map to look at where <laughs> we were going. And we had done the beer math, I was just getting married and so we were going up to Algonquin for a week prior to the, the wedding and uh, we were plotting our course and we had already done the beer math, like is it better to buy a keg, a couple of two fours, like what's the best bang for our buck and efficiency for space and we settled on bubba kegs but at that time bubba kegs were like it was just heineken that was like your only yeah, option basically. and then you found like this like basically unmarked can at the lick that said um it said uh lake of bays pale ale yes that's all it said there yeah. was like no notes on it it was like a plain can there was nothing so keg, it was a keg or just a can of it, was, beer? it was a bubba keg it was the keg, a little yeah. tiny bubba keg and so 
it said Baysville, Ontario. And then when we were planning our route, we were looking at a map as to like, like if we could take right. it a scenic route. And then we noticed it said Baysville and we couldn't figure out why that sounded so familiar. And yeah. we realized it was like, so we end up taking this little detour through Baysville, which is a beautiful little stretch there. And when we get there to the brewery, um, the lady's like, how'd you guys hear about us? And then we just opened. Yeah. Like it had just been like, again, like they, their, their beers in the stores didn't even have like proper labels on them. <laughs> and, uh, so we went in and they, they were, how'd you guys hear about us? And we just said, oh, well, we bought this bubble keg. We're going camping and saw Baysville. We thought we'd take a detour. And then that's when she like pours us every beer that yeah. they've ever, like that they were brewing at the time. So they didn't even have names at the time. So we had the Pale Ale, which became Crosswinds IPA, or I think it became an IPA, right? Or yeah. Crosswinds Pale Ale. Crosswinds Pale Ale. So Crosswinds Pale Ale. And then they had the the Ruby Ale or whatever, it which was became. It was called Sparkhouse at the time, I think. Was, was it? it called? Or just Nut Brown? I, just know, been I, can't remember. I can't remember what it was called, but I, I know it's Spark House now. Yeah. And we picked up those two. We had the two. We had the Pale Ale and the Spark House, and that's what we had. And for we drank a lot of them for breakfast. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we had our friend's little brother, and he's like, do we have orange juice? We're like, no, just red ale. And he's like, oh. <laughs> no, that was awesome. So yeah. that was our first show. I, th- I think we did well at it. Uh, some some uh, subjects for the future that we've thought about are talking about the maple syrup federation in quebec and what a farce that is yep uh probably talk more about millennials baby boomers education system yeah and we may even at some point have an in-house doctor that you can write in about all your problems and they'll diagnose it now, because people love just being diagnosed over the internet. Yes. It's so popular. Right it's, <laughs> it's all the rave. And, and if you're anything like we talked about in our podcast, you will not research your prescriptions. You'll just take them yeah. like the good millennials that you are. Whatever yeah, that's the doctor prescribes, you that's should right. just do it. Right. So that might also be coming to a future episode. So you can watch for that. And again, uh, we're going to list our email as well at some point if you have any ideas you can shoot us an email and we'll rant or rave about that as well if if we like the idea and if you've got some beers we live in ontario so we got a good selection but it is limited compared to other places but if you live in ontario and have a beer you want us to review yeah that to us too and we'll give it a shot or if you are a brewery and you want to give away free beer (laughs) (laughs) because you want us to try it and tell how great it is then we're also game for how crappy it is yeah you can send us your beer just we don't want uh light loggers you can keep those we don't want those anything else you can send it and we'll drink it and that's probably actually a couple episodes too we've got some this was semi-serious this one but we want to do a real serious episode about how the First World War has affected our culture today. So mm-hmm. how the First World War has led into the Second, and what the repercussions and ramifications are from both those wars and how we act today. Such as, we talked a little bit how that generation raised the baby boomers, thus the millennials. We want to do some real good, heavy research on that before we get a show prepared so that you know the facts on the matter, not just our opinions. That's mm-hmm. Quite a few of the shows will be just our, our ranting opinions on the matter. <laughs> Which are factual and correct, and you should just accept them. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's about it. So we appreciate you tuning in and listening to our first episode, and if you like it, then uh, that's great. There will be more in the future.
Like, subscribe, and share. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Bye.